How can I know God is real? What does the Bible say about politics? Why does a good God allow suffering? If you have questions about faith, life or culture, don't be afraid to ask. This This is Ask with David Dean. G'day everyone, Dave Dean here. And our question for the week is, should Christians make New Year's resolutions? The end of the calendar year brings with it all sorts of traditions. Interestingly, this tradition of making New Year's resolutions spans right back in the east to ancient Babylon and in the west to ancient Rome. In fact, it was the Romans who kicked off the year by making promises to the god Janus from now where we derive the name January. But should Christians make New Year's resolutions? Well, I want to suggest at least three things in response. First, the idea of a New Year's resolution hints at something so much more. In his book, The Screwtape Letters, C.S. Lewis has one of his characters, the senior demon Screwtape, tell his underling Wormald, quote, We want a whole race perpetually in pursuit of the rainbow's end, never honest, never kind, nor happy, now, but always using as mere fuel wherewith to heap the altar of the future, every real gift which is offered them in the present. What Lewis is getting at is the human drive to live for the future for tomorrow, to the neglect of today because of some sort of dissatisfaction with the present. But all we can really be sure of is the moment we are in right now. I mean, think about it. The past is gone and the future, well, while it's prudent to plan for it, it doesn't even exist. It's just an idea which is not even guaranteed. So if we're not careful, and this is Lewis's point, we're going to miss out on the present, which is exactly what the enemy wants us to do We'll be chasing instead for this fantasy. Literally, that's what the word fantasy means, phantasm or mental image, this idea of tomorrow, ideas which aren't guaranteed and because for all of us there will be at least one day when there will be no tomorrow. As James writes in the scriptures, come now, you who say today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit, yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that, end quote. Now, I'm getting pretty heavy pretty quick, but it is interesting to consider, isn't it? I mean, if there wasn't some sort of recognized deficiency, some sort of recognized lack or restlessness in our lives right now today, then there would be no making of New Year's resolutions at all. The entire concept of a New Year's resolution assumes some sort of recognized lack in the moment now. That we have them speaks directly to our human predicament in this journey we are all on, moving us from where we are today to where we want to be tomorrow. And what accounts for that movement? The direction, the speed, the desire, the goal to change and to grow. What ultimately is that end to which we are moving? Well, if it's the things of this world, then they all eventually decay, disappoint or die. That's why when people achieve their goals, they ultimately aren't even satisfied. There's always the pursuit then of something else. Life goes on. And with the turning of the calendar year, there is no exception. New Year's resolutions will continue every year as we continue to resolve to change. And I think this gets us to a second point. What matters more than the month is the motivation of our resolve. Despite some of the pagan origins in the promises made for the new year, whether in Babylon or Rome, Christians do not, or at least should not, see the changing of the calendar year as some sort of mystic, opportunistic moment for change. December 31 rolls to January 1st in much the same way as June 30 rolls to July 1st and really every day in between and thereafter. Nevertheless, the idea, I get it, you know, the idea of a new year obviously brings a sense of 
newness of opportunity that shouldn't be dismissed to the side. I mean, regardless of the origins, New Year's resolutions can have real pragmatic impact for the good in our lives. Some studies I saw had the top resolutions relating to exercise, diet, and earning more money. And for Christians, often goals include things like, well, reading the Bible in a year or committing to being more faithful in sharing the gospel and or things like praying for the persecuted church and so on. Collectively, there's nothing inherently wrong with any of these things, whether physical or spiritual, because the issue is not making resolutions nor making them in a particular month, but rather the motivation underneath or behind our resolve as Christians. For example, the Christian who resolves to, say, improve their exercise and diet, when asked why, the answer could have many reasons, you know, desire for health, self-esteem, for a particular sporting event, and so on. But more fundamental to each of those, the Christian answer should, I think, be motivated first and foremost by the desire to honour the Lord with the body that he has given us. As the Apostle Paul says, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body, 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20. Or as he follows up thereafter, Quote, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God, 1 Corinthians 10, 31. I mean, if Christians reserve our resolve to grow and mature, especially in areas of spirituality, to one particular time of the year, then, well, something's a little off with our understanding of Christianity. I mean, my faith with my wife in the context of marriage is not realised once a year, but many times every single day. That's the nature of relationships. Christian faith is not about New Year's resolutions. It is about daily realisations. It's a completely new mode of being and knowing and being known by God. So again, for example, if your goal is to get yourself into a better financial situation this coming year, is that primarily motivated by treasures that you want to store up here on earth, Matthew 6, 19, or because you want to be a better steward of the resources God has given you? Or if your goal is to grow, say, even in your knowledge of the Bible, is that because you want to be enriched and encouraged and be an encouragement to others or because you want to be seen by others to be knowledgeable, Matthew 23, 5? You see, what matters in all of this is not that we make resolutions, but what is the motivation or why we make such resolutions. If the fact we make New Year's resolutions hints at an eternal hunger in the human heart, then we should take good care and discipline to ensure that our motivation is directed towards that legitimate end in pursuit of our relationship with Jesus Christ who has given us eternal life. Thirdly and finally, the Christian life is more about daily realisations than New Year's resolutions. Here I'm building on what we just considered. How often have you made a New Year's resolution only to get partway into the New Year to realise you haven't actually achieved it? So, you, you know, you throw in the towel. I confess that is often me. But conversely, how often have you resolved to change and actually succeeded through to completion? What then? Well, typically, at least speaking for myself, I move on to the next goal, confident in my abilities to see another resolution through to completion. You see, the failures and successes, the lows and the highs, these are all a part of life. But for the Christian, our life is hitting Christ, which means that we do what we do because of who we are not the other way around. We don't try to achieve certain results to be accepted or satisfied. We are already accepted and satisfied in Christ, which is why we do what we do with excellence. And this flip around might sound subtle, but it is so, so important because self-help and sheer willpower can be detrimental if we aren't careful. 
One marvelous reality of the power of the gospel in the life of a Christian is how stabilizing it is to be sure and secure in the love of Jesus Christ. To know and be known by God makes it possible that our successes don't go to our heads and our failures don't go to our hearts because we recognize we are sinners saved by grace and because that grace was secured by us in the work and person of Jesus Christ, not our own abilities. Friends, redemption is not an annual renewal. It is a daily realization insofar as it is true of us at all times and all places. So with all of that said, I want to encourage you, go ahead and make your New Year's resolutions by all means. And as you do, pray about them, submit them to the Lord, put them at the foot of the cross that God may be glorified through your change and in turn you may be satisfied in the joy of knowing him. This is the hope that we have, not the change that can be wrought in your own willpower by some New Year's resolution, but a hope of personal growth and change that is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness, because you dare not trust the sweetest frame, but you wholly lean on his name, the name of Jesus Christ. That is what it is to be a Christian, to walk the narrow road hand in hand with our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ, empowered by his Holy Spirit because of the love of that Father, the triune completeness of the Christian life. Do you have a question about Christian beliefs, theology, doctrine, philosophy, or culture? Don't be afraid to ask. Go to drcdean.com forward slash ask. That's Dean with an E.